Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Hey there, thank you for joining me for episode 88 of the High Income Business Writing Podcast. My name is Ed Gandia, and this is the podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to take their writing businesses to the six-figure level or the part-time equivalent. As a quick reminder, you can find detailed show notes for this episode by going to b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 88. You know, sometimes I actually think (laughs) I'm a pretty good project manager, which is laughable because um, when the project becomes unraveled, uh, that whole idea goes out the window. And that's when I realized that I have much to learn about project management. Now, I do believe that some people are more natural project managers than others. But there are very simple things we can all do to get better at managing any type of project, especially projects inside our own businesses. Things like launching our newsletter, uh, revamping our website, which we've been meaning to do for a year now, or deploying that new marketing campaign that we committed to doing back in January, but we still haven't done You know, the things that we just keep putting off, I'm not talking about necessarily client projects. These are internal projects that for whatever reason, uh, in many cases, I found they just seem so overwhelming. We don't really know where to start. So that's what this episode is about. And I, my guest is Caesar Abade. He is the author of the newly published book, Project Management for You, How to Turn Your Ideas into Reality deliver on your promises, and get things done. What I love about Caesar's approach, guys, I am not a project management geek. Let me just say that right off the bat. But what I like about Caesar's approach and what I really enjoy about his book is the fact that he talks about this project management stuff in plain English. And he makes this whole concept feel much more approachable. I I feel like he wrote much of this book for someone like me and maybe someone like you uh, who, you know, I, I don't really want to get down in the weeds with the project management stuff. I just need to get this stuff done. And um, anyway, I I just really glad to have him on the show. I think you're really going to enjoy this very simple approach he's got. He's got some very practical ideas that he's going to share with you that are already you're making a difference in my internal projects here in my training and coaching business and uh, and getting some things done a lot more efficiently and without the headache that they have been traditionally causing me. So anyway, without further ado, let's get to that interview. Here is Caesar Abade. All right, so I'm sitting here with Caesar Abade, the author of the new book, Project Management for You, How to Turn Your Ideas into Reality, Deliver on Your Promises, and Get Things Done. Caesar, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Ed. It's great to talk to you. I've met you in person before, and uh, it's great to be on your show. It is great to have you here. Uh, just enjoyed our conversations that we had in person last year. And uh, Caesar and I, for uh, for everybody's just knowledge here, uh, were part of a mastermind group for podcasters a couple of years ago. We met through that, met at a conference in person last year, just really hit it off. And um, anyway, I just I, I really like your approach to this topic, which can come off as, as a bit dry and boring to many people. So it's great to, to have a different perspective here today. 
Thank you. Before we get going, why don't you give us a little bit of background? Obviously, we know that you're just authored a newly, newly published book, but tell us a little bit about what you do and your background. Yeah, you know, one thing I learned through this process is that authors are people too, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> who, is, who is the person behind the book? Right. Yeah, every book is a story. So um, I am, um, I live in Canada, but I'm, uh, I grew up in Brazil, actually. So I'm speaking a foreign language right now. And, um, and uh, I went through engineering school. I've always been kind of a, a smart kid, you know, like math and science and all those things. But I had a problem, which was um, I couldn't get things done. I couldn't finish things. I, I couldn't accomplish anything. I think, uh, you know, I... I I, I did well on tests and I did well in school and that worked really well for the first um, 20 years of my life, 25 years <laughs> until I graduated. And then all of a sudden that had no value anymore. I had, a, I had to, to deliver and I struggled with that for a long time. And interestingly enough, my first job title, my first job description was project manager for a small family company here in Canada. And I had no idea what that meant, but it sounded really nice, uh, especially because I was getting my first business cards. So I was passing that card around, you know, my name and title project manager. And um, and then what happened is um, a few years after that, I, I realized that I needed to become more employable. So I looked around uh, and I realized that there was a project management industry and uh, a lot of the people who had the title of project manager, they had had a certification uh, called Project Management Professional. So I decided to get that. So I studied a very thick book called The Project Management Body of Knowledge, which is probably the most boring book uh, <laughs> I've ever read. It's, 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 it's a reference book. Imagine if you had to read the dictionary, you know, to pass an exam. It's, it's, it's kind of like that. It's very dry. But because I had to understand the material and I was already a project manager, I had to make sense of it, and in the process, I realized that the the content of uh, the, the body of knowledge of project management is really, really useful. It's re it's genius, you know. It's just that it's it's not accessible to everyone, you know, only the only for to people who are in that industry and in big corporations, not for the smaller companies or the freelancers, you know, like you and I, but. Um, I started implementing some of those ideas at work and in my personal life, and all of a sudden I started accomplishing things. I started finishing things. I started having ideas for, for products and services and for websites and, and and different things like that. And I I would have the idea and then use what I learned in project management and I would deliver and I would finish, and ship it. And for the first time in my life, I was actually moving forward, you know, and and succeeding in things and. I'll give you an example. The reason why we meet, we met, and we know each other is because of project management. Because if it wasn't for it, I would never have started and launched a podcast. I would never had, you know, started a, a speaking career. I would not have been to um, to the podcast mastermind or that conference, and we would never have met. So it really got me places, and I got really passionate about it. About this, I started blogging, I started podcasting on this topic, and finally. I wrote a book, and this is what we're why we're here today to talk about that process there um, that I that I um, describe in the book. 
Wow. So what I, what I love about this is, is you haven't been doing project management all your life as a profession. It, this became something you had to learn in order to do your job well and become more marketable. Uh, so and, and I like that because you you approach project management from kind of a, uh, a layman's perspective because you have yeah. to come through it from from another angle. Um, now, I know you're a big fan of David Allen's uh, getting things done methodology. Yeah. And in your book, you talk about how, hey, this is it's great. Getting things done is great, but it has its limitations. So tell us where it falls short, where it falls short. Can you explain that a little bit and, and then maybe talk about this other area that's not addressed there and why it's important? Yeah, um, getting things done is is basically a, um, a system for your life. You know, it's it's about clarity of mind and it's about choosing what what things to do. Uh, while project management is actually the pursuit of one single outcome. So, you, if you will, getting things done is about doing the right things, and project management is about doing things right. You know? okay. So, so um, and the way I describe and contrast them in the book is is. Um, getting things done is about it, it, it's about vertical. It's a vertical approach to things that land on your lap, things that come to your email inbox, things you get in the mail, and how you process all the information that, that hits you on a daily basis. So it's more of a horizontal approach. While uh, project management is, let's say you get an email from from a new, from a client asking you to um, deliver to create a new website for them, for example. Now, getting things done will will help you process that information, but now you need to actually focus on delivering that service, that product to your client, and that's when you can use project management, right? Because um, in the book, Getting Things Done, uh, it it takes a very simplistic approach to managing these projects. You know, he, he described them as any outcome that requires more than one action. Right to to get done. So, um, and then he just says you just need to worry about what the next action is, and when that's done, you worry about what the next action is, and on and on and on. And that's great for something simple, but if you need to do something a little bit more complex, um, that falls short. And that's when project management can come in and really help you. So to clarify, getting things done really is the kind of the horizontal view, the different yep. categories, and kind of that maybe that first layer of vertical uh, action. But project yep. management really is the, the kind of the deeper vertical, one step to the next, and doing it methodically. Exactly. Okay, exactly. that makes sense. That makes sense. So, um, you know, pro- this is a big topic: project management. I really struggled with, man, what do I, where do we go with this? Um, yep. And as I thought about what freelance professionals really struggle with. And as I put these questions out to uh, to people on Facebook and uh, some of my readers and listeners, what became really apparent is that uh, the, the struggle is not so much with client projects. Many of us think of projects as well, a client project. Uh, there, there are some challenges there, but the real struggle are the more internal projects that we have as freelance professionals, getting our website off the ground or reworking our website, doing an overhaul there, adding a new service line and everything that comes with that, Uh, launching a newsletter or a blog for thought leadership reasons or embarking on a marketing campaign to attract new clients. These are all things that are extremely important, but many of us struggle with them because we're too busy doing client work. So they, they fall through the cracks. So Really, I, I, I want our discussion to kind of focus on that. And I know you have a project management methodology. What I was hoping we could do is maybe you could 
talk through that methodology with those types of projects in mind. So I'll let you kind of take it from here, um, and, and then maybe we can we can dive a little bit deeper into some of the the core elements of your methodology. Yeah, yeah, and um, I'm sure that sounds good. Uh, yeah, so more like internal projects, right? So creating a new product, or creating a new service, or creating your website, or um, and um, and the number one reason. It, this is not just my opinion, but this is, you know, I, I, I always ask folks about this. The number one reason people don't do these projects is because they are afraid of uncertainty. You know, it's a fear of, um, I've never done this before. I don't know the steps that I need to take to create this new thing. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, but I have all these client work that are paying the bills so I can just focus on that, right? Yeah. But but for you to take things to the next level, to do things better, you'll have to change things. And to change things, you need to you need to you need to work on projects, right? Yes. So uh, so first of all, the definition of a project is any um, endeavor that has a definite beginning and an end, and creates something new, like either a unique service, product, or result, right? So when you think about that, uh, yeah, your client work. Uh, can be looked at as projects, especially for freelancers, because they, you know, I'm, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of times they'll get paid per per result for the result, you know, for the deliverable. So it's like a per project payment. So there's definitely a beginning and an end. You sign a contract that there's a purchase order and then you get paid and you deliver and you shake hands and you move on to the next thing. So that is a textbook definition of a project. But the same can be said for things that you do internally. So if you if you want to have a website, you know, um, right now you don't have it, and then later on you want to have it. So you, it's going to create something new, and you will have a beginning and an end. The beginning meaning, okay, I'm going to start working on this website today, and I want to have it done in in a month, for example, right? Mm -hmm. And you're able to look back and say, yeah, that's when I started. This is when I finished. It's checked off. And, and it created something new. So, um, so when you look at these things that you need to do, create the new website, create this new product, then, and you realize that that's a project, then you can apply project management to actually systematize the actual creation of this thing that you want to do. And that is when it becomes really powerful. Because that's when people get stuck, right? So I'll give you an example. For example, when I wrote my book, I had never written a book before. I hadn't. I I had a vague idea that I I probably had to sit and write a lot of words, and at some point it would have to go be edited by someone. And I I kind of had a feeling that okay, well, I probably have to have find a printer to print this book or a publisher. But these were all kind of fuzzy, and and this fear of uncertainty is what stops people from take a, taking action on these projects that are important to them. How many people do we know that want to write a book, right? But yeah. very few actually do because it's they don't know what to do. So what project management does is it creates you a, um, almost like a funnel in which, you, in which you put these ideas and then you go through this process of breaking them down and then turning them into word packages. And we can talk about some of those in more detail, in a more practical way. And then you can do, you can estimate how long it's going to take. You can estimate how much it's going to cost you to do. And you can make decisions whether this is something I should do now or no, actually this is something I should do next year because of the resource that that it'll take and it gives you that clarity so you can actually focus on the idea itself and not 
on the fear of the unknown, if that makes sense. It does. It does. And, and I love the concept. Um, I, I, I think one of the, the, the things that I struggle with, and I don't think I know, is that I have the idea. I'm great. I'm great with ideas. Um, yeah. And I have, like you with the book, some, some sense of what's involved, but it's very vague, very high level. It's what I don't know that I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is the problem. It's all those little pieces in between. I know the end result, I know the beginning, and I know some of the elements in between. Mm-hmm. But it's all the little elements in there and uh, that, that give me grief. Yeah. Yeah, and this is, and, and you know what, that's, uh, that's, that's my natural disposition as well. That's how I was, how I was made. You know, my DNA is, I'm, I'm easily confused. I'm very disorganized. Um, and uh, for example, <laughs> my wife is an occupational therapist. And I think I shared this on in that talk that I gave at Podcast Movement. But she deals, uh, she helps, um, she doesn't work as much these days because of all the kids. But she, uh, when she does work, she helps uh, patients with, um, that have been in car accidents and they have brain injuries. They, she helps them. Remember the keys, remember appointments. So she has all these techniques that she uses, right, to help these folks. Mm-hmm. And I overheard a conversation between her and a, and a colleague one time talking about this or that technique. And it sounded familiar, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, long story short, she'd been using those techniques on me because I was that bad, you know, about forgetting things. So I am very disorganized. And, um, and when I learned these uh, these tools and techniques and this approach to actually getting the getting the thing that I want to do done that's when I started to make to, to make progress right so anyway, and we can ta- talk about some of these um, techniques if you'd like yeah let, let's do that and I think one thing that might help would be to just maybe um, just to keep it simple yep. stick with one example and let's say that it's um, let's say that it's overhauling your website. Right. You, you had a website you launched when you first went solo about five years ago. It was a very, very basic website. Um, you know you need to overhaul it. You want to do it. Um, but you keep putting it off mainly because you don't have a project management framework. Yeah. So maybe let's use that. What do you think? And, and sounds kind of good. Through it. That sounds great. Let's let's do that. Um, and that's a good example. So the first thing, um, and uh, these are the first two steps here of the process. I call composing and decomposing. Right. In the co- co- composing, you need to basically figure out what it is that you want to do. You know, in as much detail as possible. Okay. Overhauling your website is something that most of us want to do, but you need to be way more specific than that. Right. So what? First of all, what's the purpose? Why do you need to overhaul your website? And you can brainstorm that, well, I need more clients or I need it to make more user-friendly or I want it to load faster or I want these features that I don't have on mine right now or I saw so-and-so's website, it looks so pretty, I want mine to look just as nice, you know. And uh, and then you come up with your reasons, okay, well, this is why I want to take on this project. Then what you need to do is once you figure out the whys, it's all part of the composing phase. You create your list of requirements. So I want my website to be um, uh, responsive. Okay, for example, I want it to. to I, I need a new logo. I don't have a new logo, so I'd like it to, the website to incorporate my new logo. Mm-hmm. I like my website to have these pages. 
you know, and you and you mind map that. You can, I like to have a home page, an about page, a contact me page, a uh, pricing page, a FAQ page, for example. Yeah, and then and you go through this exercise, you know. And if you have a team, if you work with someone, or if someone is going to be helping with this, that's when you bring people in to help you brainstorm these requirements. So you have a list that is solid and that in as much detail as you can. And this might change as you start working on this project, and but you need something to start, right? Because that's the other thing that stops us is that we don't get momentum. And I, I, as I say, it's always easier to steer uh, a car that's moving than a car that's parked. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so you get moving even if it's not exactly 100% the direction you want to go, but at least you get started. So you spend some time composing the, the, the scope for this project, right? To, to introduce a new word here, mm-hmm. the, the scope, which is the requirements and what this project needs to deliver. Now, once you have that, the, st- the second step is to decompose. <laughs> so you built that, you built this uh, this dough, right, for baking this cake. Now you're going to break it into smaller chunks. So, and and this is where a lot of people um, get lost, or they they go about it the wrong way, and that's frustrating, and they don't make progress because this is what happens. Uh, I'm sure you've been through this, Ed. When you have a, a big idea that you want to do and you start thinking about it, it's a bit overwhelming. So what do you do? You sit down and you decide to write um, a to-do list. Mm-hmm. Have you done this before? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and here's the problem. You can't take a, a pie and break it down into cookies, right? <laughs> a pie is broken down into smaller pies, Right? So a big project, you can only you don't break them down into to dos because a project is a noun. It's a something that you're going to handle. It's it's a noun. When you break them into to dos, you're trying to break them into verbs. A noun into verbs, and that doesn't work. Right. So when you create a to do list, you're not making a project simpler. You're just kind of. Um, attaching yourself into a way of doing it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think so. So in here, maybe my tendency would be with an overhaul, um, instead of figuring out what page, I I might start doing a to-do list of, well, uh, look for designers, Um, write new copy, Uh, that sort of thing, right? So that, that would be my natural tendency. Yeah. So um, for those two items, you know, a, a, be- a better way would be instead of look for designers, um, one of the uh, one of the uh, sub projects, I guess, that you're going to break your main project down into is design. Okay, that's a noun because you might have a designer on 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 staff in staff, or you may have a friend who will design it for you, or you already have a design that you liked. You just have to copy from that other site. But when you say uh, create new design, you are telling yourself that you need to create this thing, right? When it might not be the case. Okay. But but the design itself is a necessary part. Does that make sense? It does. So be treating it as a category yeah. instead of an action. Exactly. At this point. Yeah. Cre- writing cop- writing new copy as well is also a verb, right? You're, you know, so it, instead it's just new copy. <laughs> okay. So that's that's one item. And then Later on, you're going to break that down into tasks as when you sit with a copy, copywriter because then it's their job to, to figure out how they're going to go about it. Am I going to write it? Am I going to reuse some old copy from the other side? What is it? That That's not as important at this stage. You just basically break new website into design, copy, 
um, color scheme. You know, all the movie, all the parts that together, when you add it all up, makes up the new project, the gotcha. new website. Yeah. So then hosting, all these elements, but we're talking big, big categories at this point. We're not talking about action steps. Right. Okay. Hosting is another good example. So, um, so, so you do that once, and then the test that you that you do is take all those sub deliverables, the sub projects, and add them all up. And ask yourself the question, if I, if I deliver on all these items, will the new website be done? And if the answer is yes, it, it, that's enough. If the answer is no, there's a few more items that you might have to think about, right? So it's called the 100% rule. You, know, you add all the, the bubbles that are under that main bubble, and they have to add up to 100%. And in okay. this example, they don't. In this example, they don't. Um, so I'm sure you can think of some more um, sub items that need to be there when it comes to a new website, right? Um, so we talked about design, we talked about um, hosting, talked about the, the copy. Um, what else do you think that should be on this this website? Should be part of this website? Um, well, the logo falls under design. Yeah. Let me think here. Uh, I, you know, I think those are the the Okay. Uh, the bigger elements. The the That's other fine. one might be there might be a, th a, th a fourth one which would be kind of the management piece. Like if if you need someone to to manage all this for you because you don't want to have to deal with the t technical aspects. Okay. Yeah. Right? So we can have installed. a. We, yeah, we can have a a part there called uh, project management. You know, it's one of the it's one of the um, the deliverables here. You're gonna have to figure that out okay who's going to manage this for me and and that is um that's actually an, an advanced an advanced topic here to have project management as part of your deliverables it's kind of a best practices but usually for larger projects but in this case it could be as well especially if you don't want to be dealing with with code and and with the designers and developers yourself you can outsource that part so, so very good. And then, so once you have that, then you look look at each one of those uh, sub items, and you do the same thing again. Okay. So you look at design, and then you break that down. You look at hosting, and you break that down. Uh, this is a simple project, so that might be it. You know, that might just be one more level. But the idea here is to go through this exercise with each of those sub items until you get to a point when what you need to deliver, it's going to take you between a day and a week to do. It's called a work package. It's small enough that you can handle in a day. That makes sense? It does, but let me make sure I'm following you completely. Yeah. At this point, the next level would still be categories. We're still not into action steps, correct? It's still categories. It's They're still nouns. They're still things. Okay that um, that uh, you'll deliver basically they're deliverables right they are um, they are uh, categories if you will yeah. okay so under copy I might have positioning uh, which is more kind of strategy how I'm going to talk about myself the other one mm -hmm. would be maybe uh, raw uh, copy messages or key key messages uh, another one might be uh, pages mm -hmm. uh, so just, just some examples I'm sure there's yep. others but yep. right yeah, so we're we're still in the categories. You're still in the categories. It might be part of uh, uh, copywriting. You might have a uh, an item called um, sourcing of um, uh, or, um, or or just a copywriter, not sourcing, but copywriter. Yeah. You might not want to do it yourself, so you need to figure out the copywriter who is going to do it, right? So that's uh, another thing that could be there. 
And uh, until you get, uh, until you break down enough that you get to this lower level, lowest level of, of deliverable, right? Okay, so then we, you know, in this example, there would be yet a, th- a third level, but at this point, we might be now getting into actions. But yeah, well, that's the next step. So once we get to the bottom level here, and I recommend that you use a a mind mapping tool to do this, or even sticky notes, okay? Um, So you can move move easily, move these uh, sticky notes and these bubbles easily. Uh, So if you realize that, hey, you know, this is actually, it's a a sub-item of of another bubble, so you can just move that. And there are a number of mind mapping um, software um, options available. Some are free, some are paid. So I, I love mind mapping. So in fact, it's funny while while we're talking, I'm I'm actually mind mapping this, <laughs> so I don't get lost in this. Very process. good, very good. Yeah. So what so what what tool do you use there? What are uh, you? It's a very sophisticated tool called paper and pen. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've heard you know of what? it. For for mind mapping, I've I've tried some of the tools. Yeah. Um, they're okay. Yeah. I find I am much more creative and fluid. Uh, paper and pencil, or on a whiteboard. That I agree with you. There's nothing like that. You, 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 it's like you're you're touching the the item with your hands. You, you know, are it's very very tactile. It is, and and I'll even so I have uh, I buy um, uh, easel easel pads, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll take them, I'll fold them in half, and it gives me a very nice, very large landscape uh, dimension. Uh, piece of paper two of them and um it's a perfect size for me at least for mind mapping very nice you know you could take a picture of it and put it in the show notes oh uh, there you go yeah, that'd there be you go. so we can all see what you're doing there <laughs> uh that's cool so so you do that so now you have um you have the lowest level so right now if you if you did this um well, what you have is almost like an organizational chart type of type of graphic, right? Mm-hmm. You have your central or top um, circle, which is your project, and then you have uh, branches, and uh, those main branch branches will have the, the first level of, of sub deliverables, and then each of those will branch off again. So you have that that tree like structure. And at the end of each branch, there is a circle. There is a deliverable that is the lowest level. Okay. Okay. Now, the beauty of this exercise is that uh, if you, especially if your project is complex, if it's if it has a lot of moving parts, remember we were talking about the the hundred percent rule, right? So if you add up all the uh, sub levels of a level, you get the level complete. Mm-hmm. So. Right now, once you are done with this exercise, you can look at just, if you just do the lowest bubble in each branch, the lowest bubbles in each branch, if you just do those, your project is complete. You follow? Okay. You don't need to worry about the structure of it anymore. Gotcha. Okay. okay. So what you do is, in theory, you could just de- you know, get a bigger razor and erase all the other bubbles and be left with just the lowest level bubbles and now you have a list of what we call work packages in project management which are um, deliverables that are simple enough that folks can do in a day or between a day and a week and and you can delegate that right 
not only that, you can um, you can add, you can figure out how much each one of those um, uh, those circles, those work packages will cost you, especially if you're outsourcing that, because you can just ask, hey, I have this uh, logo design here that I need to do. Let's say it's one of the one of those work packages, right? You can uh, approach a designer and say, hey, I, I need this done. Can you tell me how long it'll take you to do it and the cost, please? It's and it's simple. They can do that for you. Oh, okay. And you can do that for each one of those, right? Gotcha. So so the point here is you keep going down yep. to the next layer until really the items that uh, at, at the last layer add up to 100%. And exactly. that's when these are your work packages. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So remember, um, the reason why we we didn't take action at the beginning was because it was compl- complex, and we 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 had a fear of complexity and the unknown. Now the complexity and how the project is put together is almost secondary. It's not as important anymore because you're focusing on single, uh, discrete deliverables that are simple, right? Yeah. And here's the cool thing now. Now you can you can look at them and you can figure out which ones need to be done first, right? So, uh, for example, hosting is probably something you want to think about early on. The website is kind of a fluid thing, but um, if you look at at the building of a house, for example, and foundation is an item and roof is another item, you know that foundations need to be done before roofing. And, And then you can sequence them. You can put them in sequence. You can put all those work packages in order. And, uh, and if you have people working with you, you can, Put them in uh, running in parallel. Some of them, if they if they're not dependent on each other, right? You can have a designer working on a logo as your assistant looks for hosting at the same time because they're not dependent, right? So even though each one of those tasks or uh, work packages can take a day, if they're do- if they're doing in parallel, you can do both of them in one day instead of taking two days to do them. You know, so you can arrange them in, in sequence like that, and that's when sticky notes is really cool because you can just you know move those sticky notes around on a, on a whiteboard, um, and then you can add up how the time that it takes to complete each one of them because you've been estimating, and you can tell um, your your client or yourself or your team that hey, this website will be done in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you can add the cost for each of the work packages and you can say to yourself or to your client or to your team, and this is going to cost us, you know, $5,000, whatever. Okay. And now what do you, you have your project bro- broken down into discrete, simple um, items, and you have confidence on, on your schedule and on your budget, right? And and now all you have to do is work on those work packages one at a time without the fear of the complexity, without having all that, excuse me, in your mind, right? It's down in paper and you have numbers to deal with. Does that make sense? It does. And I love this because, in fact, I'm working on a project right now for a new uh, workshop series that I'm launching. And nice. uh, it's uh, it's funny. You should see. I got I got an Evernote, and you should see. It's it's. I started with a to do list, so now I'm I'm taking <laughs> notes in here because I'm thinking, man, I got to go back to this, and and I'm doing it. And I broke it down into weeks. So week one, week two, week three, week four, and um, and it's it's all to do lists. But it's a mess. It's it's all over the place, and it's my best guess as to which needs to come first. And um, I did not take this approach at all. I should have read your book first. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like uh, that's the cool thing because it creates a this mind map that it's it's your project, right? So it's, it's if it's not in there, it's not going to get done, and if it's going to get done, it's going to be in there. Yeah. Um, and um, 
and again, if you start with the to-do list and your schedule, again, you're you're cornering yourself into a way of doing it and a, a time of day to do it, which isn't it, it, that should be the end part, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So this right here, Caesar, is a revelation to me, and and I know this will be huge for for many listeners. It, 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 your methodology has a lot more components in this, uh, but if you had to pick one more thing. Uh, besides what we just talked about that would make a huge difference, what would that be? Where, where, where else do people constantly stumble? Okay. The other thing, and, and um, Ed, when I was um, uh, doing the research to write the book, I interviewed a bunch of experts in project management to get their opinions. Okay, how do we explain this to the, to the, to the layperson, right? And one of the questions I asked was, well, what is the most important aspect of most important, most relevant maybe underrated aspect of project management people don't use or they take for granted. And uh, one of the, the winners was this, and that was managing risk, okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> because this is what happens. I don't know if you, um, if you, uh, if you follow guys like Dave Ramsey, people who talk about wealth management, mm -hmm. they always talk about having a, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, emergency fund, right? Yeah. <laughs> For when things go wrong. So a risk, a managing risk in a project is kind of like that. So what you do is you, you're working on a plan, right, by doing this, these steps, but it, it never goes according to plan. Right? Things are going to happen. So what you do is, you, you, especially if you're working with other people, you, um, you sit down with them, or if you're by yourself, you can do this alone as well. And just think about things that could impact, you know, uh, the scope of what you want to do, the timeline, and the price, right? Things that are very important that could really throw a wrench into this project. Mm -hmm. And you try to um, think ahead of time. So um, if you're building a house, you can think about the weather. Okay, um, well, we're starting in October. Uh, well, winter's around the corner. So, okay, you know, why do we need to think about that? <laughs> what are we going to do if we had a big snowstorm on the day that we're supposed to pour the slab, for example, right? Mm -hmm. So you think about these risks and you list them. So you list the risks. And in the book, I kind of give you a, a little bit of a recipe on, on how to approach this in a way that's not going to be, not going to drive you crazy because you can think about the most, uh, the, the smallest thing, you know, that could go wrong and it could drive you insane. But there's an approach that you can actually prioritize these risks by um, likelihood and also impact. Right, so some things are likely to happen, but they're not as impactful. Other things are, uh, they, if if they happen, they would really be uh, uh, the disaster. But the likelihood is very low. So you can you can put that in a chart, and you can list only three or four things that actually are very likely to happen. And if they do, they will be uh, they'll be very uh, create a huge impact. And then what you do when you have a list of those likely and also impactful risks, you create a, a, a simple approach on how to handle it if it happens. And if you have people on your team, if you're working with uh, other people, you assign that risk an owner, somebody to look out for, for it. So if they see it coming around the corner, they can raise a flag, right? Okay. So, so that is because that's what happens. You plan, and then things happen, and then all of a sudden, your plan might not be um, valid anymore, right? Because you've made some assumptions, and and something happened uh, that was unpredicted. So, 
And if it does, if you already plan for it, then you know what to do and you can still be calm and composed <laughs> and, uh, and maybe have to, you know, replan a little bit and move things around and change your scope a little bit or, uh, you know, your budgets, things like that. But it's very important to have a little short list of, of uh, things that could go wrong and what we're going to do about it if they do. That makes perfect sense, and it's not something I would have really thought about. I mean, I guess we all know that things could go wrong, but to actually make it part of the process yeah, and uh, to address that head-on mm-hmm. in the beginning, that's very smart. Yeah, and you know, it, it, just like with uh, my, managing money and, and, and your weight, it's it's uh, 90% behavior, right? So uh, you can plan to have this beautiful Gantt chart with all these numbers, and they're very accurate, but... Uh, but really, remember the reason why we don't take on projects is not because of uh, of that. It's because of, of what's in our in our heads, right? We are afraid of 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 the unknown. So uh, if we're not planning for risks and things like that, when they do happen, even if you're planned, you've, if you planned well, they do play a a number on your on your psyche. You know, it it, um, uh, it lowers lowers your morale and and, and it kind of gets you. Um, it makes you upset and, and, and concerned when you really should be focusing on getting work done. So when if you think ahead of time, you have that confidence that, you know what? Yeah, I know that things will go wrong, but I am somewhat prepared. Love it. Very smart. So um, one, one of the last questions that I had for you was probably the most common question I got when I, when I told everyone I was going to interview you was um, – in, for, for the kinds of projects we've been talking about here, internal projects for a freelance professional, are there any tools out there that are maybe a little bit more sophisticated in Excel, um, but nothing like, let's say, Microsoft Project that would help you manage these types of projects better, more efficiently? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, especially because you're, um, we're talking to about freelancers and folks who are... Um, Solopreneurs, right? Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times, just working alone. Um, a, a lot of these project management tools, they are uh, they are um, very useful if you're working with a team, right? So they they allow you for to they let you create tasks and assign them to people and and look at people's schedules and see who is overworked and who is not. And a lot of that doesn't apply, right? <laughs> because we don't have a big team. Yeah. So the the number one tool I would recommend is a mind mapping tool. Okay, so you can put out, put down your ideas and your requirements in there. Make sure that they add up to the total project. So all and everything that needs to be completed and delivered is in this one page. So you can expand these branches and look at your project at a glance. Because you can always go back to this and 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 rearrange things, uh, and um, and you know, and it's always there available to you. So I would recommend you go and um, you know, one tool that is free, anybody can use. It's MindMeister. You know, on um, it's a web-based tool. You can have up to three mind maps for free. And um, and if you if you go through those chapters in the book, I, I show you exactly how to break that to break your idea down into these. Um, into these branches and deliverables and you'll see how it's it's a perfect fit for a mind mapping tool and they're free and especially if you're working alone you don't need to be creating all these tasks and assigning them to people because it's mostly going to be you who will perform them but uh but everything is there in one page and you can move things around as you see fit so yeah so that's my answer 
And you know what? I, I can totally see that because I now that I you've described this process, I can see where I've been falling short, and I'm sure I'm not alone. Once you have this, to, taking that to an Excel spreadsheet is you know it's it's easy, and at that point, the spreadsheet becomes usable. Where before, exactly. when I was trying to do this with Evernote or an Excel spreadsheet, it was just all over the place. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And once you have that, then you can, yeah, you can export it as whatever. And some tools are more sophisticated. There's a tool called MindJet or Mind Manager. You can actually, uh, you can actually turn those lower level bubbles into actual um, tasks on a on a Gantt chart. You know, you can even do that for you. Oh, wow. So it's a great, and you can import mind maps from other uh, platforms into this one tool. So it, it's it's a very powerful way to organize yourself. And then what you're going to see is when you when you do that and you, okay, here are my lower level, here are my work packages, you know, and you know you need to do them, then you're going to start having ideas of other tools. Okay, how can I organize these uh, these packages in, in, these work packages in ways that I can easily delegate and then you can look at uh you know Basecamp and some of those other tools that let you do create those tasks and assign it to people but you need that central uh brains for your project on 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 a tool like a mind map that's my uh, that's my take on it makes sense it makes sense so t- tell us about your new book i mean i got it here in front of me this is first of all congratulations this is Thank a heck you. of an accomplishment the looks the book looks awesome uh, would love to know more about uh, what you cover here. So t- tell us more about it. Yeah. So um, I think we covered this in the beginning. We talked about how uh, project management, the, the material out there is mostly for the corporate world. So the language is inex- not very accessible. And you can go to Barnes & Noble right now and go, go to the business section. There's going to be a shelf there on project management. Half the books there are going to be uh, about passing the, the, the certification exam. And the other half is going to be introduction to project management or project management for dummies. And even those books, I found that the language is kind of... Eh, very corporate you know. Yeah. So what I try to do with this book is, um, you know, take what I learned and what was useful to me and to my small business and, and to my uh, career as an entrepreneur, as a podcaster, and what helped me, you know, because I, I had to read the, the entire uh, body of knowledge and <laughs> make sense of it. So what helped me? And I came up with the... Uh, with, uh, the nuggets, you know, the the main, the most important parts that anybody can can use and implement, and I use a lot of stories to explain how those things are useful. So it's a very uh, unassuming book. It's not a uh, business book. It's it's a book full of stories that introduce these concepts in a way that everybody can see how it's useful, how useful it is, and it gives you a step by step approach to take your ideas and turn them into reality. I I love it, man. This is, um, you know, I haven't read the whole thing. I was actually uh, skimming through it yesterday and then this morning in preparation for an interview, but I'm really impressed with what you've put together here. And um, I was afraid that it was going to be a little bit over my head, Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it wasn't. I, I, I got it. So it's uh, definitely written for the layperson. Um, so I know you have a, a, a promotion you're doing right now. Um, tell us about that. 
Yeah, so until uh, October 31st, so between October 21st and the 31st for about 10 days, uh, I'm doing a little bit of an Amazon launch. So you can get it on Kindle on Amazon for just 99 cents. The regular price is $9.99, so it's a 99% discount. So you can go there and, and buy for 99 cents during this time. And if you send me um, the receipt, the proof of purchase uh, to my email, um, I will also send you the audiobook uh, for free. And that might be interesting to, to your audience because obviously they listen to podcasts, so it might be an interesting way for them to, to consume this. Uh, it's in the final stages of production, the audiobook, but um, it will be ready by, by the end of, uh, of, of October during this campaign. So again, um, until October 31st, the book on Amazon, the Kindle version is $0.99, cents and you get for free the audiobook uh, version of it. Oh, that's fantastic. And where can they email you the receipt? We'll include that in the show notes. Yeah. If, the, if you go to projectmanagementforyou.com, there is the, um, this, what, it's all in there. The link to the Amazon and how to submit your receipt as well. Oh, perfect. So we'll, we'll just include that link. That's a central location. You can get all the links there. And uh, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, guys, take advantage of that. So that's through the 31st then. That's it, yes. And then it goes back to the regular price. And you can get it on hardcover as well. Um, and you can find that at projectmanagementforyou.com. Excellent. Well, uh, Caesar, this has been uh, enlightening. Uh, you've just given me a page full of notes here. And I'm about <laughs> to go back to my Evernote and, and just scrap that and start from with a mind map. Um, so thank you. Thank you for sharing these insights, these ideas with us. It's been great. Uh, thanks for having me it's great talking to you and I hope this helps you and, and people listening well I hope you enjoyed that interview and I hope you got a lot out of it I know I certainly did this mind mapping idea is already proving to be a huge help uh, in this quest for kind of getting a handle on some of these complex projects that I'm having to deploy yet um, I often struggle with. I wanted to remind you that you can grab the detailed show notes for this episode at b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 88. I also include links to Caesar's book and his website there. And that's it, folks. That brings us to the end of the episode. Again, I am your host, Ed Gandia. Thank you so much for listening today. And I hope you have a fantastic day and rest of the week. Take care. The High Income Business Writing Podcast is a production of B2B Business Launcher. Learn more at b2blauncher.com.